Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of two pros and a couple Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. So apparently the uh, great story, The Blind Side, with Michael I thought Orr. that's I thought that's what you were segueing into last segment. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah no. I kind of thought that, too. Did you? Yeah. But you segue right into Dalvin Cook, and we talked Jets, which was fine. But when I said, you know, royalties and all that stuff, yeah. and you don't get any and this, that, and the other. I thought oh, you were yeah. About You'd set him up. I, I thought that's where he was going. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, Q, how you doing, man? Good, man. It's good to hear your voice. I've been hanging out just listening to y'all. I don't know what the hell's going on behind the scenes, but my dog. I was waiting for you to take it. I, I gave I gave uh gave my quick response, was ready for you to give 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 yours and then you weren't there and I had to go ahead and try to keep giving more of a response and you know, so I'm glad you're here. Man. Well, I, I didn't I don't want to blindside you guys. Oh, you know, yeah. good, good job. Catch you guys off. Great point. Yeah. Uh so yeah. Michael Orr filed a petition in Tuesday or on uh, in a Tennessee court on Monday, rather, to end the conservatorship with the family who, quote unquote, adopted him in which the movie The Blind Side was based on. Uh, he claims that he never received money for the movie, but instead the Tuies, the family who adopted him, they negotiated a deal that made them and their birth children millions of dollars in royalties. So there's a book coming out. Uh He's going on the offensive. This gets filed, and it just feels like maybe this story that was presented that resulted in Hollywood and everybody else getting involved. I believe Sandra Bullock was the star of that movie as well, she too. Was. She uh, actually won Best Actress, I believe, in her portrayal of Leanne uh, Tui, or how yeah. you pronounce it. Well, but it was also up for, a, for an Oscar, I believe, for Best Picture. Hmm. It, so, it, so it grossed, right, $300 million. I was about Which, to say, yeah. Lee, how much did they actually make off this? I mean, you'd know. Is there like a ballpark figure or number they make from like movies or as far as what it costs to make a film? 
I'm looking that up. I believe they made, like you said, they made three hundred million. Uh, I'm not exactly sure where they made. Uh, oh, no, they grossed three hundred. Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's talk. A little, we're talking numbers. A little difference here. So they, sh- they grossed three hundred million. They might have cost them a hundred million to make it, right? Uh, and everything else that goes into it. So. Sean Tui, who's the son of the Tuies, he spoke on Barstool Radio yesterday about exactly how much they've made. The claim of, of millions of dollars. Here's how yeah. it played out. I met my dad for for lunch and. Uh, he gave me a check and I'm like, we get paid off this thing? He's like, yeah, it's made, it's made so much money now that like they can't hide it. I think I think there was like a two and a half percent kicker down the line again. That'll be and that'll, it'll be public, so someone that really cares to, to go back and read through it can, can do so. Um, and, and I bet through that we've probably we as in um, me personally only because I can can speak for that. I've made like 60, 70 grand over the course of the last four or five years. It comes in like the first year was like a fourteen thousand dollar check, and then it was like an eight and seven. And, Whatever, so on, so forth down. That math didn't add up. But it was it started off a little higher and it, it went down. So his dad also mentioned something like forty thousand dollars that he the, made off the it. The blind so. side was produced by Alcon Entertainment and released by Warner Brothers. The film's production budget was thirty million. A whopping twenty nine, Lee. Twenty is, is that a lot for a movie like this? I, I don't know anything 29 about Twenty nine million is, is I mean that's 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 a decent budget, but that's not a lot at all. That's How much was that with budget. you? Just for Sandra Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she ate up twenty five million. For, I mean, like. for reals. By the way, if they got a two and a half uh, percent kicker, that comes out to about seven point seven two five million. So that, I mean, maybe that's what they're referring to it, as far as what they made. This, I'm seeing four point six off because of, so, it netted one seventy five based off. Okay, uh, so it's two and a half off. To that. put it in perspective for you, Q. Two hundred and fifty million was the budget to make Avatar: The Way. Well, of Water. there's a lot more that goes into that, though, right? I'm I mean, just you're saying. Not doing CG I, but I'm Michael just giving or, you yeah. right, but I'm just well, giving you, you like two hundred and fifty million versus twenty-seven million. You know, right, I mean? right, right. Like, but 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 like that's like apples and oranges. Like you, yeah. we'd have to like, what's the budget for the program? Right. You know? Oh, okay, great point. The program. Yeah. yeah. What is the budget let's for the program? Right. And how much of it went to? Uh, it was made like thirty years beforehand. Yeah. But... <laughs> All right, just off that, do you guys think the program? Somebody cost got rich off that movie. Less? I mean, let, let's go to the original point of it, though. Somebody got wealthy off that. If you only spent twenty-seven million to make I, the movie and it grossed three hundred million, what it made? Somebody what, what made did money. Just say one hundred and forty. Some he said. One seventy-five. One seventy-five. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Somebody I mean, made the, money. The, well, the producers did. Whoever was the one to put in the money to make it. I mean, that's who. That's who's making all the money off of it. it I mean, it, here's what I don't know. All right, you know, Michael Orr no longer is playing. Um, he made, I think, close to 35 million during his career, and he's now what six years removed, I, I think, from playing. Yeah. And what you don't know is is sometimes like someone looks back and they're like, man, like I didn't get as much as I thought, or I thought I should have got more. In, in the business deal. And the hard thing is, is like, well, or maybe like they're still getting, you know, some pay from it. Maybe he's getting a little bit, but he thinks he should get more from it. The, the hard thing is, is like, that's not usually how it works. Like if, unless you're the one with the money in a deal, putting up the risk, like you're not going to get as much out of it, even if it's your story that you're telling. And it's hard to explain that to people, especially in the Hollywood industry is, the, the people who get rich out of the films are the people who take on all the risk by putting all the money to make it happen. And don't so they, like, don't they the pay 30, for it up front? Don't they pay for the rights to do or, the movie? Or they'll do that. 
they'll give him a piece up front. But I think it sounds like they, they were giving a, a kicker off of whatever, whatever they made for the movie. Do you think that that's why he's petitioning so that he can see if he can make residuals off of what the movie is, is currently or would will you continue think he, to do? Wouldn't you think he already had that as part of it? I mean, maybe that's what he's upset about. Is if the yeah, he's saying he's not signed, making he's anything not. off of it. I mean, there's clearly, there's clearly a reason why Michael Orr keeps popping up about the movie about him. Yeah. And, well, look, again, you know, like, like we don't know. I mean, like he might be saying I'm not making anything off of it. And they're getting checks for a few thousand here and there, and that's what he's talking about. And he thinks he should be making more from it, you know? He, he's also mentioned that he doesn't like the portrayal. There were certain aspects of it where, it, you know, not that it painted out. I don't know if it was that he was dumb. I didn't see the movie, so there's no blood on my hands here. So anybody who saw the movie, you I should feel— I saw the movie. All right, you should be you held accountable. Did you get blindsided by it? Yeah. Um, I, just, I just saw the movie at face value. You know, like, like it was a, a, it seemed like it was a kid from a, a rough area. Um, he, he was, happened to be a big kid, happened to be, hold on now, a black kid. Oh, jeez. Well, you know, so put it all together, wait, right? Wait, wait, wait. Racist. That's what this movie is. I thought it was about a blind kid playing football. Yeah. No, oh. this was about, a, oh. it was about a big black kid from, from a, a hard area. I yeah. thought this was about like the blind side, like the blind side of the story. Yeah. No. Like the blind no, guy he, talking he had, his side of the story. Had, from what I can gather, I mean, he looked like he could see perfectly fine out of both of his eyes in the movie and, you know. <laughs> Stevie Wonder on steroids. Yeah. It just, you know, I don't know, you imagine man. Imagine him mauling high school kids. Yeah. Like, I got to go up against Stevie Wonder, a left I tackle. Did, I did see a post on social media the other day where there was a kid that was blind that was playing football, and I got to tell you, it was Bro. funny as Bro. hell. I saw it, too. And it I was, was like, funny is, as hell, It's so funny, not man. that funny. It was so <laughs> not that funny. Don't, I kind of laughed really hard don't, when I watched it. I don't mean, say it. I'm sorry. It was sad. What's so funny about it? Sad didn't come to mind for me i just i I was i was (laughs) really laughing really hard you know because we live in a time we live in a day and age where it's like look everybody's equal everybody is has their opportunity and you know what instead of him living in the darkness of being blind he said hell i'm gonna put a uniform on it i'm gonna go out this mother sucker and i am going to do what i do and he did (sighs) Now you're bringing me into the other things I've seen on Instagram, like the there's the blind guy doing the long jump. Did you see that one? Yeah. The poor guy misses the pit. <laughs> he jumps, man. He hits the side of it. He doesn't hit the sand. I was like, man, that had to hurt so bad. I felt awful about it. Hey, you I, know I can't crazy. watch these and laugh. I feel bad. No, nah, that one was funny. I ain't going to lie. But, you know, it's it's impressive when you see the blind dudes run the 100 meters. Now, that's pretty pretty interesting when they had, that's like, their spotter with her. Next to them, yeah, yeah. And they got to be just as fast as he is. And, and <laughs> I was just going to say, you think the spotter's always like, <laughs> that, damn, I should be at this event. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. Like, I got to be as fast as he is. <laughs> what if I'm having a bad day? What, what if I pull a hamstring while we're out here? <laughs> LeVar, let's be real. Like, Jonas has led us when we were blind a few mornings through that, the show. Well, yeah. That is very true. He's been yeah. our spotter. Yeah. I'm sure that's going to happen very soon here. Everybody needs a pace car, you know, and there's nothing <laughs> I'm, wrong with I'm that. sure that's going to happen in a week. I think it's more than a pace <laughs> just, car. Just, just guessing. <laughs> Dude, some of those 100-meter races, the, the, the spotter person like pulling them along. <laughs> By the way, the program was 
a 15 to 20 million dollar budget and it grossed 23 million in the box that's office. a disgrace Banger. that it didn't get more they got disgrace. i'm part of that 23 million so i was there i was there when the deleted scene of laying in the road on the the yeah. the the, the, oh, the yeah. double lines was still in the movie that's how i went we were waiting for it Did to you, open what see weren't you a part of the he got game scene like the one they had in ray allen when he was in uh he got game well, didn't you guys have a scene like that <laughs> yeah how you know <laughs> i'm just saying that's what i heard how you know about La La La? I heard there's a decent amount of the budget that went to that scene. How'd you know? I'm just saying. Which one? The visiting college one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. You know, that happens, man. That 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 really happens, you know, and that is a part of the, the movie budget, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Let's get back to the story here. If you're and, Michael Orr and, again, and it's a you want to... And you want to... Uh, Is it a sad story? Oh, gosh. And, and you want to challenge this. Wouldn't you just, like, prove to people... Like, if you're like for example, if you're upset that you're like, hey, I don't like my portrayal on it. You know, they made me seem like I was dumb. Well, just show them your grades. Hmm. Wouldn't you just show them your grades? Like, here's my GPA. Here's how I did in this. Like, I, I don't need to have anything to hide. Like, I just feel like if you're going to make a public accusation about what you're not making from it or how you're portrayed, like, just throw them some facts. Right? And I, think, I feel like maybe you should just do a sequel. Like, the, do your own version yeah, of The Blind blindsided Side. Blindsided by The Blind Side. Yeah. Blindsided you know? by The Blind Side. I, I the also, true B-A-B-S story of Michael Orr. I, I also think B-S when you turn your life story over to Hollywood, you oh. kind of get what you got coming to you. Whoa. Because, okay, like Foxcatcher. Did you guys ever see that movie, Foxcatcher? Nope, it's, never heard of it. Okay, it's fantastic. Uh, Steve Carell, Channing Tatum, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, it's about those wrestlers, uh, the Schultz oh. brothers. Who that are the Olympians? Looks so good. It's awesome. It's, is it good? I mean, it, Steve Carell is fan. I think he was nominated for an Oscar for that role. Like he's, he's got range, man. Yeah, but he's got range. But one of the, the one of the Schultzes was upset about how he was portrayed because there was like some stuff with John Dupont, John Dupont, who played Steve Carell, in which yeah. it just seemed like there was. Uh, a very odd dynamic between the two, sexual oh. in nature at times oh, that wasn't true. Just sort of the way, and and he complained about it afterwards. I but, actually saw this movie. But the point, <laughs> but the point is, like, if you turn if you turn your life story over to Hollywood, this is what happens. They're going to make it into whatever movie they want to make it into, and they're going to have a well, spin on it. Can we be real? Like most people's lives aren't that entertaining. Okay, <laughs> like. That's why you, when you see the movie title at the beginning, it says based on a true story. Based like, ba- on. Like based. Like right. based on. So to Michael Orr's point, like, it could have just been like, hey, they, uh, I thought adopted me. It wasn't technically that. It was a conservatorship. Maybe there's some differences there. That This, you know, I, I was, what is it? It was portrayed as homeless in the movie, right? Uh, I don't I remember. So. Yeah, I think so. So it's like I wasn't even homeless. Maybe I was, you know, staying with someone or a relative or friend or whatever. I was, I was okay. Or... Hey, I wasn't struggling in school. Like, that's the problem is, to your point, Jonas, like, you've got to make it a compelling story. And in doing so, you're going to have to bend the truth. Like, I hate to break this to you guys, but, like, the, the Rudy story? Yeah. That is not ex- exactly how it was portrayed. Like, I, I, for a lot of Notre Dame fans out there, they're like, oh, man, can you believe? I'm like, have you talked to Rudy? Like, he'll tell you. Like, he left to go serve in the military. They don't talk about that because hmm. my whole thing when I, when I first met him, my first question to Rudy was, hey, man, 
you let your brother take your girl? Like, you're just okay with it? I'm like, well, like, like you went away and you're just like, yeah, my, my brother worked in the factory. I assumed he was going to take my girl. Like, that's just, that just happens? He was like, well, he's like, I, you know, there's a, it was like the movie really would have been a lot longer if they told the whole story. But he's like, I had left to go serve. And then I came back. And during that point in time, that's when the relationship occurred. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, that makes a little more sense then. A little more of a time lapse there. A lot of things that are probably going through people's heads. But, like, even that story and the chanting of Rudy, you know, from my understanding of, of the chanting of Rudy, it never happened in the stadium. It was through Bengal Belt, which he did, which is a boxing tournament they have for students at Notre Dame. Hmm. And, and that was where supposedly the Rudy, Rudy, like, that's where it came from. So it was all embellished to make it a better movie. Oh. And, and mind you, there was plenty of walk-ons. Pete Chivarelli. Pete Chivarelli, I believe, is, is one of the players who's, who's pictured, and you can see carrying Frank Leahy off the field. Like, he could have been one of those, you know, walk-on guys that the movie was about. There's been plenty of walk-ons. Oh, I played with a guy named Mike Anello. Mike Anello could have been that guy for us. You know, as far as a walk-on that had a, had a really, you know, storied career and a hard worker and everything you're looking for out of a teammate. But the point is, Hollywood takes it, to your point, Jonas, and they're going to have to say, well, we don't have much here. We're going to make something out of this, all right? Let's create, you know, a scandal. Let's create this. Let's create that. So it makes it a more intriguing story. You have God. to fit the storyline. That's the, the way, bottom line. You <laughs> have to fit the story. You have to f- fit the way you build a a movie. You build a story. We just ruined a lot of people's just feelings about cinema right now. Why? Be, there, well, there's a lot of people out there that the Rudy story, Foxcatcher, The Blind Side, they've now been blindsided with the fact that, yeah, there's a spin on this. It's not exactly everything that you thought it was. If you Boy, are... Sitting there thinking that there's no spin, your problem extends far beyond us hurting you with what we just said on this segment. Yeah. And I'm look, just, I'll, leave you, I'll, I'll leave you with this. You know, Jonas um, told me a lot about one portion of the film industry that I was not aware of. Yep, that's a fact. And Uh-oh. again, True. like reality versus what's portrayed, I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know they filmed the ending. Yep. Yeah, first. first. But it makes sense. It makes complete sense once you said that. I was like, that makes so much sense yeah. now. Yeah, well, listen, I'm just here to help. I know that. I'm just saying, you pitched oh. in a lot in, in, in helping to provide that perspective. Yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts 
people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but uh, Iowa's got a little bit of a gambling problem. The uh, the state of Iowa. Both, well, what uh, makes Iowa. you say that? Yeah, just you know, Iowa Iowa State players betting on the Cyhawk Bowl, oh, yeah, betting on other stuff. Um, I mean, it, it, it's it's just Iowa though, right? That's not like a bigger problem, is there? No, no. I mean, you know, well, according to Kirk Ferentz, uh, the hmm. head coach of Iowa, um, he mentioned yesterday in talking with the media locally there in Iowa about just sort of how he found things a little bit interesting in reference to the Iowa Department of Criminal Investigations, the DCI, and just how they've looked into the scandals involving gambling with current players, former players at Iowa and Iowa State. And he had this to say in regards to all of it. I mentioned the DCI level. That, that's curious to me. Um, only in that, I mean, I've had a little time to think about it now. There's 49 states by my count that play football, have college universities that play football. I think it's interesting that uh, we're the only state I'm aware of, and I think it's interesting to more than two colleges in our, our, our state. Uh, so that's kind of interesting how that all came about. Uh, not excusing anybody that's involved. And then also, I, I assume they've, you know, uh, maybe had charges against non-athletes as well. I, I don't know that. Uh, point there is I don't know a lot of things right now, and we'll deal with what we do know when it's uh, you know presented to us. So Kirk Ferentz doesn't well, know a lot, but he does find it interesting. Well, look, that's just one way that people speak to kind of make it a thought-provoking comment for others, right? Like he's basically saying, why aren't like why aren't you in the media asking this question? Which it's a it's a fair thing to say, in all honesty. Like, is this just specific to Iowa? Is the state of Iowa and their, like, what, rules of gaming commission, are they the only ones who are that, I guess, you know, clamping down on, on then this sort of activity that no other state is willing to do so? Or it's just, you know, the Iowa student-athletes? I, I, I mean, he brought up the point about if it's, if it's only student-athletes. Well, unless there's underage 
you know, betting, and they're doing it through their parents. I'm not really sure what he was pointing to. You know, maybe he's like, is he throwing his managers or trainers under the bus because they have insider knowledge? Like, I'm, I'm just a bit curious as to what that comment had to do with anything else. But it, no, it, it's it's a it's a fair you know statement to make and bring up that if, if it's going on in Iowa, it's probably going on elsewhere. Yes. Mm-hmm. More, 100%. I mean, more. There's probably other places where it's going on. More, but but also <laughs> UNLV. Kirk, Kirk I mean, Ferentz, I'm just sad. Like, but Kirk Ferentz has to understand how this works. Whoever's the first one, they're yeah. going to get all the heat. They're going to like they're going to they want to set a precedent that you can't do this. And so this is almost a warning shot to everybody else around college football that hey, we do look into this, and you will get caught. Look what's happening to Iowa. They're the example that's being set right now. So for Kirk Ferentz to come out and go, well, you know, I find it a little bit curious. Yeah, of course. Well, just say it. Like, what other programs out there uh, do you think have have gambling issues? Just, I mean, just say it. But to come off that way and just to to point fingers and say, well, it's interesting that we're the only state that's getting investigated when it comes to this. Like, come on, dude. You know how this works. You were the first one to get popped for it, and so they're going to lay the hammer on you. That's how this works. Hmm. So I, I just I, I find it a little bit funny that Kirk Ferentz is taking this direction. But. What direction? I mean, he—he he, look, he might be acknowledging the fact that you know, since they are the first, he's he's going to get popped for it. But I, I think the problem is, is everyone seems to make it, and, and we've done this. Like we are guilty of this on the show, making it seem like it's purely an Iowa thing. Now, granted, that's because Iowa Sam usually is. Well, yeah, that's on, very, on the very, boards, and he's very offensive and, and protective. <laughs> yeah. when, right. You know, it comes so, to Iowa. It has a little bit to do with that, but it's a fair it's a fair point. I mean, if it's going on elsewhere, why isn't this bringing, being brought up anywhere else? It, it seems like it obviously is in the NFL. It's it's doesn't seem like it is in college, outside of Iowa, Iowa State, or maybe they're not bringing up as as big of a deal about it. I, I think the hard thing is for a lot of like the the Hawkeye fans or, or Iowa fans, whether it's Iowa State or Iowa. In some of these cases, like you've got guys who are betting against their team. And they're playing in the game, or or they're laying bets where they could ultimately manipulate the outcome. I mean, the Arlen Bruce one, who was the wide receiver for Iowa, yeah, that's the most damning. And and then it makes you go back and comb through every catch, everything he did to see. I mean, I was talking about this with a buddy over the weekend. You know, there's you know he had bet the under in a game where he scored the, the touchdown to hit the over. And someone had said, didn't seem too thrilled after that touchdown. It, it was kind of a, you know, a ho-hum touchdown celebration. Um, there's another example of him catching a ball <clears throat> to get past the six on third and two, and he stumbles in the open field. I mean, he, he, if he keeps his feet, he's in the end zone for a touchdown. But he stumbles in the open field. And so it makes you want to say, okay, did he lay a bet on that game? Did he, did he have the under in that game too? And he was trying to – and by the way, I think – Two plays later, Iowa turned over the football. And there was a time when there was a botched punt. I mean, there's all sorts of ways you could potentially manipulate the game. And I I just – I feel like Kirk Ferentz has to understand he's got to get a grip on that at Iowa. I mean, I don't care if it's going on other places. You can't worry so much about other places. You just need to worry about what's in-house. Unless he knows something we don't. And they're being targeted for some reason, which Matt Campbell should feel the same way then and asking his, you know, those same questions. 
You you got to clean up some in-house stuff going on right now. Do you guys think that we would ever hear if this was more rampant in college football? Because I don't. I, I think they would figure out a way to handle it, and it would never get out. Because if it turns out that it's more than just Iowa, Iowa State, but it's also other programs around college football, now everybody's going to be second-guessing what the hell they're watching every week. Can, can I ask you guys a question? And I'm going to first direct it to LeVar. Because, LeVar, like when you played, and especially in college, did you pay attention to lines and spreads and all that stuff? No. I, I didn't either. Like, I didn't grow up in a household where there was any betting. Like, I remember at some point, whether my freshman or sophomore year, a, a, a senior made, I think it was, I was a freshman, because a senior made a comment to me. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, you don't look in the paper to see what the spread is? I said, no. I said, I, I've never really, I don't even understand what that stuff means. And Jonas, you can attest to this. Like, if, if anyone's taught me anything about betting, Jonas, you've probably the person I'd credit the most. It's a wonderful world. Well, oh <laughs> that God. may be the case. But, like, what's crazy to me is, is there's that, that many kids now who are into it. Like, I was, I was just so ignorant to it. And maybe I was one of the few. Maybe it was more rampant than I thought. Like, did you have a bunch of guys, LeVar, in your locker room that, like, knew all that stuff was going on? I don't know. I never paid. That was never – that was never a part of my conversations, so I wouldn't. I I would be totally oblivious to that. Like there, you know, like there's just certain things you just you're oblivious to, like what guys are into. Certain guys are into certain things. Like I'm not hearing about. I I, I could tell by the way Jansen smelled when he came into the locker room every once in a while <laughs> that him and Corey Raymer had just come from from hunting to go straight to meetings and didn't have time to shower <laughs> what they and smell get it like? off uh whatever that spray is they use that that attracts deer or whatever I, <laughs> horrible smell um but I, I mean outside of eventually asking like hey john why why you smell like that dog like like oh i just came in just came in from you know they they like to if i recall correctly they they like to bow and arrow you know hunt so that was that was their thing i just you know i i was focused on what i was focused on i I never heard about anything like i don't know like i kind of like sitting there thinking like why was i so oblivious but yeah i don't don't recall hearing about gambling other than when we were gambling Right. right, like you, we sit down, we throw bones, or we we play tonk. Tonk was my that that was like the one that was big for our team. Like you know, some guys play like you said, boo ray and, boo and ray, stuff like yeah. that. But you Spades. know, tonk, yeah, yeah, tonk was 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 the game we like because it was quick. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you get in, you get out. Like you could play tonk anywhere. So I mean, me and me and Champ used to sit on the planes and play tonk. Like, we'd be right there. That was our seats, our row. We'd be playing Tonk. Like, that was it. Like, that was the extent of gambling is you, you bring a couple thousand dollars, boom, you, you sit there, you, you play Tonk, done. Like, that was it. Not, not sports betting, not sports gambling. Right. The only thing I had ever heard about that was on blue chips back then. You know? That's right, man. By, by yeah. the way, blue chips, now looking back – Pretty spot so accurate. on. So accurate. <laughs> pretty spot on. <clears throat> like I can't tell you how many college coaches offered me a tractor, you know, for my family. Yeah. Being from Ohio. <laughs> you were Ricky Rowe. You were yeah, the original. They, just, they pulled Rowe. up and there was like a John Deere tractor. And yeah. I was like, man, I, I live in a suburb. <laughs> like, bro, like you don't need to bring all that. Like we're not we're not, you know, plowing any fields or anything. 
Hmm. Well, you couldn't use an extra tractor? Like, no, dude. I, I'm in a neighborhood. My, my neighbor's looking at you right now. <laughs> you can go ahead and tow that thing back out of here. <laughs> Give me a John Deere. I mean, what, what am I going to do with that? What about the yeah. double? What was the wildest offer you got to go to a school? Uh, I really did. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, LeVar. Um, you know, the, the 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 middle class America white guy was not really getting a lot of that going on. There was there was a there was um, there was I'm not going to say what programs, but there was one where I went on a visit where they tried to, like, kind of do some stuff up. I will say this. It was an SEC school. And I was like, all right. Like, I was I mean, look, I was a very uh, sheltered kid when I was young and all that. Uh, my mom had taken us down on a trip. So. It was an SEC school, and they were, they were, you know, they were trying to take me and one of my teammates I brought with me out for a good time, and I was just like, yeah, I'm not Damn. really into this. Those Florida Gators, man, they're all the same. Oh, stop. It's unbelievable. Stop. No. Oh. Yeah. I'm not going to out who it was, but it was, it was an SEC school, and I was yeah. like, all right, that's how they do it down here, all right. Damn Tennessee volunteers. Yeah. Just, how could they do that to you? Just what they, I mean, don't, don't give the name of it, just the city they're located in. Man, when I, I visited Tennessee – I'll never forget, we had an academic visit, and my mom was obviously, like, hard on him, like, hey, like, you know, what's your academic rankings, you know, what does study hall look like, what does this look like, the guy couldn't tell us where their business school was ranked, and she almost got up out of the room, and she was in there with another mom, Justin Valentine, as a running back, ended up going to Minnesota, and, he, and she was like, <laughs> his mom was like, oh, hell no. She's like, you're not going to waste our time having us come here and not be able to tell us this and that. Like, it was like, basically at that time, that was like a, the Phil, Philip Fulmer time. It was just football you. You know, like they, they really weren't paying attention to, to class or anything else. But that was, uh, I had a wide receiver when we were there because we did like a little senior, like one day camp thing. And I was really trying to get him exposure. And he ended up breaking his wrist, compound fracture. Oh, it was one of the most gruesome things. Like when I, th- like he was doing an out and up, and when he planted for the out, he put his he put his hand down, and he broke, snapped both bones in his wrist. And I, I literally, like you could hear it from where I dropped back from across the field. Our, our head coach, our quarterback coach, ran over. We're pretty sure he might have crapped himself because it was like so <laughs> painful. But they put that thing in an air cast, and we were in their, uh, the university hospital all night as they tried to reset it and everything. And we had to drive back all through the night to Columbus because I was flying out to Colorado to visit uh, CU the next morning. It was just a crazy set of circumstances. But I, I've never seen a, a break like that in person. Um, and, then, and then actually the receiver lost like the use of two of his fingers because the way it ended up like messing up his wrist and all that. My God. Um, well, hey, listen, uh, that's the way. But there was no gambling sometimes. involved. Then. Yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So we opened up the show talking about the Dalvin Cook signing with the New York Jets. Before that went down in the NFL yesterday, there was another team in the division in the AFC East that made an announcement, and it was the New England Patriots who announced a signing of Ezekiel Elliott 
So the former Cowboys All-Pro agrees to a one-year deal with the Patriots for $3 million. It comes with a $1 million signing bonus, and the deal with incentives could be worth up to $6 million. He also announced that he's going to wear number 15, which he wore at Ohio State, so he's going to go back to his roots a little bit there. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network uh, sent out this tweet a short time ago. The plan for soon-to-be new Patriots running back Ezekiel Elliott is he will fly to New England to be on the ground this a.m., in the signing official, then catch the team's plane to Green Bay where the Pats and Packers will have joint practices starting tomorrow. Elliot should participate. So Zeke Elliott finding a home, huh? How about that? Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, I kind mean, of does this work for him? Spot? Or no? Does that go for him, Q? Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I think playing is better than not playing. Um, I mean, you know he's going to get carries in New England. I mean, he's a... Uh, He's a downhill runner, man. I mean, him and Ramondre Stevenson are, are two beasts. You know, th- those aren't the type of guys that – I mean, if you look at the, the combination of backs in Dallas last year, you know, Zeke between the tackles, Tony Pollard, you get him outside, uh, any, any sort of the outside zone scheme, that's really what you're trying to do. With with New England, it's a little different. I mean, Zeke's uh, kind of similar to Stevenson in some ways. Um, the both are capable of catching the football, but they're not necessarily like a, a mismatch out of the backfield uh, for you. So maybe it lends a little hint to what Bill O'Brien's looking at doing in New England and how they're going to go about doing it. But interesting uh, that, that that's where Zeke would pick uh, of the different destinations and places that he was looking at. Uh, I mean, it's that's a loaded division, man. There's just there's so many talented players in the AFC East and I'm curious to see what his impact's going to be. I know this might, might sound horrible but I just wonder if he'll make it through the entire season. That's why I was wondering really? that as well too. Like healthy like or on just the ro- New England? Or on the roster. Mean? Like yeah. I'm saying on the roster. Because you're saying that's the New England way? Like yes. Yeah. I'm just, that's, that was the up. first thing I thought when that signing took place and they signed him. I think the, the bonus was a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was just – my first thought was I wonder if he'll make the entire season on the roster. So Because they there's, do – There's been some other vets who have gone there and then not, like, made it through camp, right? Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne was yeah. there, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> and just yeah, – it didn't work out. And then who did they – was it Jonathan Cooper who was the offensive lineman they traded? Yeah. Tired. Yeah, they traded um, – Chandler Jones for and they got him back and then they just walked away from him pretty quick it was like it's almost like Belichick just sees what what he's got and then says yeah I'm not waiting around for this he'll walk away now he will walk away but he is going to – I mean, there is an opportunity for him there because, to Brady's point, Ramondre Stevenson's a starter. They've been trying to find somebody to, to take carries behind Ramondre Stevenson. So, Elliott's going to get that opportunity. I just – I hope that it works out. I hate it when a guy like Todd Gurley, for example. Todd Gurley goes to Atlanta, and he's a shell of himself. And, yeah, he had more serious injury issues than Ezekiel Elliott had. I, I would like for one of these running backs to go to another place on a one-year prove it deal like Zeke's doing and actually ball out, actually have yeah. a good season. Because I feel like that could go maybe a, a long way in him getting maybe a, a longer-term deal next offseason or maybe the Patriots keep him around. So I'm hoping it goes well for Zeke. Yeah, I mean, obviously you hope it goes well. I mean, I, I think that's that's the case for any player. Um, it just, it's going to be weird seeing him in a different uniform. You know, he, when he burst on the scene, he had such a great rookie year in Dallas. You, you kind of thought maybe he'd be there for the entirety of his career when he signed the extension. And uh, and obviously things haven't necessarily worked out that way. So 
Quite the contrast, too, of organizations and structure from Dallas to New England. You know, I, I mean, LeVar, you touched on it, right? Like Jerry Jones will help players with different things outside. I'm, I'm not saying Robert Kraft wouldn't do something along those lines, but I guess the difference is it doesn't feel like many players do that because of, you know, Bill Belichick as the head coach and wanting to make sure every player is focused on football and that's the only thing they ultimately really care about. You know, like they don't give a crap about – your other marketing deals and other stuff you've got going on. If you're not producing on the field, none of that stuff matters. So very uh, different atmosphere or, uh, or culture and environment there in New England as compared to Dallas, at least with some off-the-field stuff, right? I mean, could you guys could you guys imagine if Zeke jumped in that Salvation Army, you know, bucket or whatever it was, oh, uh, yeah. if he was with the New England Patriots, like the Bill Belichick film session afterwards? Yeah, mm. probably not. Probably not a good idea for him. I also I mean, wonder, do you think Jerry Jones is quietly rooting for it not to work for Zeke? Like, A, because that's his former player, and also apparently Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft don't actually get along all that well. But there's, uh, nah, there's some I think he's pulling there. for Zeke. Oh, you know, yeah, you why want, would he root against him? Uh, you, yeah, maybe he doesn't want to see his ex do well. You know, maybe he's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe he looks at that. Is that says, how you are? Is that why you bring no, that up? Like, not if, me. if Lavar or I do something else, or go, you're just going to root against us? Oh, I mean, well, you guys, yeah. But I'm saying, as far as like exes go, yeah, I'm not one of those root against anybody. Yeah, like so you would root against us, but not your exes. Yes, that's correct. I, I mean, mean, that's just the way this works. Levar. That's what kind of. That's, that's I mean, but right. I wouldn't be shocked. If he was That's rooting true. against one of us, if we did something different, like I'd be we, more shocked actually if he was like overly complimentary or or like tried to give you any. But I but would. I wouldn't want that either. So I'm pretty sure he, even if he was like rooting for us, like I don't think he'd reach out and say anything. No, absolutely not. Yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, by the way, speaking of running backs, Jonathan Taylor. So he is back at Colts training camp. We talked about this yesterday. But he's still on the he's, pup he's list. He's back. Yeah. But a- according to Ian Rappaport. <laughs> is his back back? Is his, an- is his ankle back? Well, even though he's back at training camp, according to Ian Rappaport, he still wants to be traded. So he has not moved off his stance. So oh, wow. he-, he wants out. I mean, when your owner says what he says, that's ne- – I mean, you drew a line in the sand. Like, he's not going back across that. I just – I don't know, man. I, I would- it would be really hard for me to have an owner say what he said and be like, Really? And, and even in the locker room, you'd have to imagine other players are talking about when Jim Irsay is saying, uh, like, no one cares, basically, if you're not in the league, you're not a part of the team. I mean, you just, even if you think that, even if there's some truth to that, you just can't say it, right? Like, I don't care what we're talking about, football or any other organization. As a leader, like you just can't say that, even if you're thinking it, or even if it may be true. I just, I don't know. I, th- I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back in this case. What you guys have told me about Jonathan Taylor and how good of a guy he is, and his reputation for being just a really solid dude. Yeah. The idea that he, I think he would have come back, and I think he would have played, even though he didn't get the contract that he wanted, and he didn't get more money. But I think, to your point, that was a deal-breaker. When Jim Irsay made it personal and took that stance, Jonathan Taylor took it personal, and I, I don't mean, think he's going back. Who wants to be told no one cares about you? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares about you, Jonathan. By the way, Shane Steichen's got to be like, dude, I, we could use all the help we can get here. 
Like we got a think, young quarterback. Do you think Frank Reich like said anything to Shane Steichen? Like if they know each other, it's like, hey man, good luck. <laughs> look out! Look out for this. Okay, it's like That's the crap I had to deal with when I was there. So then, what do they do? Do you think he gets traded? I mean, at some point, if he if he just doesn't want to play there, and you're you're trying to change a culture, well, they're putting him on the pup, aren't they? Yeah, he's on the pup list right now. Yeah. So here here's the tough part: is one, he's on the pup. You're not going to be able to trade away. He's on that. And he's he's got to get off that. Two, um, if you look at the deal, even with Dalvin Cook, right, which was much better than Zeke's, it's still not even what the franchise tag is, right? And so, like the other situation that we haven't talked about is Josh Jacobs. Yeah. If you're the Vegas Raiders, like you could rescind it and be like, "Yeah, go be a free agent. Go, you know, go where you want to go." I, I don't know how much is out there because of how the running backs are viewed in the marketplace. So, I mean, look, the the most value you probably have in a trade for Jonathan Taylor is now because he's still got another year left on his rookie deal, and then you'd have the the use of the franchise tag for one or two years. So the reality is you could trade for him, give up something, and at least have a really good player under contract for one year before you have to make the franchise tag decision, which is a little more pricey. But the way these contracts are looking, it's not going to be that pricey. So, you know, I think you could probably facilitate a trade. It really comes down to, like, what the Colts are willing to accept in exchange for for Jonathan Taylor. And then you've got to work out that deal that long-term deal, I would assume, with the team that trades for him. Unless this is just purely emotional now, and Jonathan Taylor has said, I just don't want to play for an owner that literally does not care if I'm in the league or not, or right. alive, or whatever else. <laughs> right. He went, Jim Mercer went the death route, and Jonathan Taylor's like, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, look, you don't want to pay me $15 million a year? Okay, that's fine. But we're talking about dead bodies, and, yeah. and I could be out of the league, and you don't care. It's like, what that's, are we doing That's here? probably a good lesson for all those listening out there. You know, you probably don't want to go to extremes and, <laughs> and, and utilize death when talking uh, in negotiations or <laughs> just the valuing people. Or maybe you, know? you do. Maybe you really want to put that bad boy to bed. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> Jonathan, D- uh, uh, um, the general manager, Chris Ballard, has got to be like looking around going are you serious Jim like every year there's a problem like every year there's some sort of an issue last year was a disaster you've you've brought in a different quarterback the last four years every like it has been an absolute disaster in Indianapolis and Jim Mercy only makes it worse and it's almost like hey whatever like this is my team it's just the way that I'll the way that I operate uh, I do wonder though what the next team would be for Jonathan Taylor like I'm efforting if we can get some odds on the next team for Jonathan Taylor. Efforting, yeah. Efforting. So I'm, Efforting. I'm looking around to see if I can find a, an actual betting line here. All right. Um, all right. I mean, let, let's start off with the teams within their division. I mean, okay. Jacksonville doesn't need anyone. Not that no. they would trade in their division, but if it gets to that point, um, I'm, I'm not sure. So let's just rule out the AFC South. All right. So now you have to look out like who's who's really looking for a, a running back that doesn't have one right now. So I've got some teams here. This okay. according to Fox Sports, who threw out these are hypothetical odds. This was a little over a week ago. That's the most fresh version of this that I can find, um, and it just it feels like we, these are the usual suspects. Uh, so, who would you say outside of the Colts are the team most likely, according to Fox Sports, at a plus four fifty to land Jonathan Taylor and where he'll be suiting up next year? The Bears, yes, no, okay. It's a team that's been in the news, uh, and they've been connected to several of these running backs. 
Why, why don't you just tell us? The I'm Miami not really Dolphins. sure. We don't have game show the music. Miami Dolphins. Not really the Dolphins. Into a shtick. It, it feels like the Dolphins are connected to everybody. Like that's the cool team to go to. Who do the Panthers have at running back? Uh, they've got a few guys. I, yeah, they Miles Sanders Hubbard. is there. Oh, they brought in Miles Sanders. Yeah, they brought in Miles Sanders. Yeah, or Shuba. I see a free agent now. Uh, the Bills are also on this list. Uh, the Buccaneers. The Bills, the Bills are usually in, in that conversation yeah. too. They don't they? They have a who's the kid that just signed with the Jets? Don't they have his brother? Uh, Dalvin Cook's brother. Dalvin James Cook's Cook. brother. Yeah, James, yeah, James Cook. Cook. Yeah, they drive in the second round. They're loaded though. Yeah. They got Latavius Murray. They got Damian Harris. They got a bunch of guys. Yeah. Hmm. So Jonathan Taylor still wants to be traded. Uh, we'll keep you posted. Is I don't understand the Dolphins make sense. Like what Dolphins. about what about the Broncos? Ooh. Um. Who do the Broncos have? One. Like you have to basically run like a four-two. Javante Williams, Chase Edmonds, Crockett, Demaria, Demaria Crockett, like Samaje P Ryan. Yeah, P Ryan is that's a good name. Um, I'm, su- I'm surprised the uh, <laughs> the Chiefs aren't like somewhere in the mix there. Like if you're gonna go somewhere else. Why not just go with the team you feel like well, this might make some – I know they got Pacheco, and they obviously drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first round, but go load up. Go win a, try to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, So, but we'll see what Jim Irsay does, whether or not they do trade in part with Jonathan Taylor. He's back at camp, uh, still on the pup list, but still wants to be traded. Uh, that according to the reports out there on the Colts running back. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.